98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Cardinals GM Steve Kime. Kime time. On the Burns and Gambo Show. Presented by Santan Ford and the Arizona Cardinals. You're the boss at Santan Ford. Welcome back. It is the Burns and Gambo Show here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. It's what we do every Friday at 3 o'clock. We talk with Cardinals General Manager Steve Kime. He joins us for his exclusive weekly visit here on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, coming off a win last week against the Carolina Panthers. Steve, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing good, gentlemen. Excited for the uh, big challenge. Uh, team from my home state, 4-0. So uh, looking forward to uh, the excitement out at State Farm Stadium Sunday. Did you grow up an Eagles fan or, or, a, or a Steelers fan? You know what? I actually grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan. I can't uh, lie, and I don't know why. <laughs> but I will tell you, when I met Roger Staubach, I almost had a heart attack. It was amazing. <laughs> Staubach and Tony Dorsett. Who was your favorite player on that team? Uh... Probably Tony Dorsett. I did like Drew Pearson too. All right, yeah, good guy. Good guys to because didn't Dorsett go to Pitt? Yeah, yeah, he yep. did. He went to University of Pittsburgh. Jeez, yeah, see that memory still works for me. That memory still works, <laughs> or I'm just really old. All right, let's talk about this. This this is a huge test. They're four zero. They got a great defense. They got a great offense. We can't find a weakness outside of maybe special teams. I mean, how much of a gauge do you think this is to kind of see where your team is right now? Yeah, I think it's a great litmus test, and I think it starts up front on both sides of the ball. Um, you know, intensity and physicality and uh, setting the tone early uh, at, at home, which we have not done a great job of, uh, is, is obviously very important. So um, Howie Roseman is a, is a friend of mine, their GM, and he gave me a hard time this morning telling me that some kind of stat they hadn't won out here since, I don't know, what, 2001 or 2001, something like that. 2001, they haven't won here yeah, since Yeah, he, he was trying to Lou Holtz me, but uh, I told him that wasn't going to work, and he has a hell of a team, and he's done a good job. What did you see out of your team last week that you were the most encouraged by, Steve? You know, again, I think battling back and, and, and playing good second half football, again, that, that doesn't take away from the disappointment that I had and the way we've played in the, in the first several quarters of, of every game, but just just the fact that our team continues to battle, they don't give up. Um, and, and then things we did defensively, you know, we gave a little bit at times, but uh, Vance's ability to call the right defenses and the playmakers to come up with plays at the right times, uh, to me, is what stood out. Cliff had hinted earlier in the week that maybe things would be done different in an effort to try to jumpstart the offense earlier in the game without you know, revealing the game plan, which I know you would never do in a million years. Can you give us a general idea of what that might look like this week against the Eagles? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you just have to uh, hone in and concentrate more on the first, you know, say, 15 plays that are generally scripted, you know. I mean, that's that to me is, is an area where everybody's got to feel comfortable. And when, when we're jumping off sides or we got receivers running the routes that are too shallow or the wrong routes or or the, the ball snapped over Kyler's head, I mean, that's just unexcusable football. It's bad news bears stuff, and we have to clean that up. And, um, you know, to me, uh, our home fans deserve a, a good quality of football. I think the NFL's seen a little bit of bad football recently, and we need to make sure that we're putting a quality product out there on the field Sunday. The, how about taking more shots down the field? Hollywood Brown got a huge pass interference call for him, gave you guys first and goal at the six-yard line, you end up scoring. Do you want to see this offense take some, some more shots down the field? 
Well, I think we all would like to see that, and and then obviously the vertical threat that Hollywood has brought. And I think the thing that probably impressed me the most with with Hollywood is not just his speed, but uh, as you guys have seen now, his ability to catch in traffic for a leaner guy is exceptional. I mean, he's made some huge clutch catches in traffic, which to me, um, you know, not many young younger or, or thinner, leaner type receivers, you know, the Marvin Harrisons of the world, make those kind of catches. So to me, kudos to him for for having the the, the hand strength. And, and the physicality to make those plays, but also getting Rondale more involved, more vertically, and, and obviously Zach Ertz and, and Trey McBride now, the presence of him, he's done some good things. I think he'll continue to step up and make more plays. Yeah, no, Brown's on pace for 128 receptions for 1,441 yards. I mean, he is he was a great addition, great trade by you. Let me ask you about the health of your team. We're hearing Rodney Hudson is not going to be a go for Sunday. Is that is that what it looks like? Yeah, that's what I'm understanding. You know, Rodney's banged up, and there's several guys on our offensive line that are, that are banged up. A couple of them I know are game time decisions, but again, you know, it's 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 one thing you can't make an excuse in the NFL. Everybody's dealing with injuries, and uh, certainly we'll have to be ready to play no matter who it is. Antoine Wesley as well, does it look like he's not going to be ready this week? Yeah, I, you know, I think he had a little small setback, and uh, we're working through some things with him, so I think there's a, there's a chance he'll miss as well. Steve Kime, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, talking with the general manager of the Cardinals as we do every Friday at 3 o'clock. From from your perspective, now that he's acknowledged what happened, what was the week like for you with J.J. Watt and kind of navigating that unique and obviously very scary situation with him? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think number one, the the fact that that private information got out was disappointing, and and I know he was he was upset about it, and uh, rightfully so. Um, and then you know, just the fact that you know, anytime that any of us have a scare in life, and and even though you know he's obviously in tip top condition and and extremely healthy, uh, anytime anybody tells us something about a part of our body, particularly the heart, I think that we all would would have some concerns. But he's he's healthy, he's ready to go, and 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 the, the great news is he played a fantastic game let's uh i want to ask you about andy isabella and i know you you own up to your misses but that does look like an obvious miss with andy and isabella you got him in the second round and a lot of people are very excited about him with everything he did at umass you guys had to let him go this week he's on the ravens practice squad now tell me about the decision to part ways with andy isabella yeah, you know, I think he just needed a fresh start. I mean, a guy that came out and we thought he was a you know tremendous slot type that could create a separation with his exceptional speed and quickness. Uh, just really never got his niche here, you know. And again, I, not not to his defense, but I mean, we have had some good receivers with Fitz and Hop, and now Hollywood and and some of these other players that uh, have been on this roster. So it's been hard to crack the uh, the lineup for him. But you know, no excuses. I mean, bottom line is is we need a little more production out of him, and uh, wish him well in Baltimore. And that was a that was a tough draft overall with the three wide receivers that you guys had taken and none of them panned out. What are what are some of the things you look at in drafting wide receivers? Why has it been difficult to find some guys that could stick? You know, I think when you look back at, at the mistakes more than anything, and that's what you have to do, you have to acknowledge mistakes. You know, sometimes, you know, in this business, we grasp and we get excited about potential and projections. And uh, instead of realizing that guys are highly productive, good football players at the time, whether it's 
someone like Debo out of South Carolina or it could be Cooper Cup in, in L.A. You know, guys that may not have all the bells and whistles. You know, Debo reminds me a lot of Anquan Bolden, a guy that didn't run fast coming out but just was a hell of a football player and highly productive and great after the catch. Um, so, you know, to me, it just reminds you in the scouting department and in our coaching evaluations to make sure that we concentrate on guys who can actually play on Sundays, not just run fast 40s and run quick free cones. Steve Keim, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I want to ask you about Will Hernandez, you being a former offensive lineman yourself. Uh, obviously, you love guys with a great passion for the game. We we saw that play, the, the replay of that game, what happened in that moment. Do you Where, where do you stand with Will in terms of that, that aggression that he showed and kind of where the line is for a guy like that in a moment like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Bidwell and I had both had a chance to talk to him, <clears throat> excuse me, right after the game. And, you know, I, uh, on one side, you love the physicality and the mentality to protect your teammates. Yet at the same time, you have to channel that anger and that uh, uh, that mentality. So, you know, we just told him to be smart. You know, he's going to be smart about it. Um, you know, obviously it costs the team. It costs himself. But uh, moving forward in the future, you, you do love the physicality and the way he plays the game. It's just you got to channel that uh you know that that anger. I know you 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 had a great tight end room with Zach Ertz and Max Williams, and obviously the draft pick and Trey McBride. And we got a chance to see him make some nice catches last week. You guys decide to uh, release tight end Max Williams. What was the reasoning into that? Well, you know, Max is, is, is banged up right now, and, and we're just trying to trying to get him to a point where he can practice and, and get healthier. Um, you know, and then the, obviously with Trey McBride stepping up and really coming on, I mean, I think that um, put us in a position where we're going to have to get more out of him and use him more, obviously, in the passing game and some of the stuff that Max did in the run game as well. Max last year was off to the great start before he got hurt. You, you, you touched on it a second ago. How much, though, of a vote of confidence is this in the second rounder, McBride? bride that you picked in the game that he had last week? Well, I mean, I think it's a, uh, a huge um, uh, vote of confidence, but I will say this at the same time. There's nobody that, that we all respect and love more than Max. I mean, he's a t- tremendous guy, great teammate, um, obviously been a great part of this organization. You know, his, his whole thing is, is we just got to get him healthy and, and, and ready to play and get that ankle some flexibility and the need to be able to work in a productive manner for him to get back out there on the field. So, uh, you know, we'll see moving forward, but again, I think Trey has earned that right to be out out there uh, catching passes. So it sounds like you're keeping the door open for a possible Max Williams return at some point. Yeah, I mean, we'd like to keep him around for sure. And, you know, you have that ability potentially with the practice squad and some other opportunities. But he, um, you know, again, he, he's such a quality human being. I can't say enough good things about him. You you guys have gotten some tremendous production out, out of Zach Allen. Six tackles, a sack, uh, a couple of quarterback hits. He's having a monster year. He's a free agent at the end of this season. Let me ask you just what a priority it is to keep him and make sure that he resigns with the way he's playing. Yeah, I mean, a guy who, who has had a little bit of an injury-riddled uh, start to his career. And and I think that's what you want all these players to do, Gambo, is, you know, you get to a point and you're like, tell me, show me, you know, show me that we need to pay you and prove it. And uh, so far, Zach Allen has done a fantastic job and, and shown us that he can be a cornerstone of this defense. And it's been fun to see because he's used his quickness, his strength, and he's worked his tail off this offseason. Um, you know, but at the same time, I'll, I will tell you this, we, you know, we have guys getting pressure. We have to get home more, though. We have to get people home sack the quarterback and, uh, and and be more disruptive in the passing game. Steve, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, Steve.